All right, the name of the message this morning is Communion, a Call to Remember. Communion, a Call to Remember. Go over to Luke twenty-two fourteen, and verses 19 through 20. And the Bible says, And when the hour had come, he, speaking of Jesus, sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, this event that I just read about is referred to in many different ways. Some people will call it the Last Supper. Some people will call it the Lord's Supper. It's called communion. Some people refer to it as the Eucharist. But communion is celebrated in many different churches in many different ways. Now, I actually grew up Catholic. So as a kid growing up in Catholic church, I didn't understand a lot of what was taking place when we did communion. Uh, Only Catholics are allowed in that church to partake of communion. So if you come in and you're not a Catholic, can't do it. That's just the way that they do it there. Uh, It was taught that there was a ritual called transubstantiation where the priest performed over the bread and the wine and it literally became the body and blood of Jesus. They're the only religion that actually teaches this. As a result of that, because this is Jesus' actual body, you as a mere mortal were not allowed to touch it. The priest could only place it on your tongue. Now, I always thought this was kind of weird as a kid because I actually got to stick out my tongue at the priest. So you walk up there, and he'd place that on. The other thing you were not allowed to do is chew it because that's the Lord's body. You can't bite the Lord's body. You've got to allow it to dissolve. And the priest would mumble something, and I never understood this. It'd be like, blah, 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 and I, I, don't, I don't know what I was supposed to say. So I just, huh? You know, I just like say same. So what it sounded like to me, what he was actually saying is body and blood of Christ, you were supposed to say amen, that you agree that this is what you are partaking. Now, again, other churches conduct communion differently. We are going to conduct communion differently than that. But one of the key factors that I want you to understand when Jesus initiated the ordinance of communion, he said, do this in remembrance of of me. That word remembrance means to remember, to remind, to consider. So when you're taking communion, you're supposed to remember something. It's supposed to remind you of something. You're supposed to consider what you're doing. The unfortunate thing for many Christians is communion has become a ritual. That we don't even think about it, we just do it. We just follow the motions. And many of us have forgotten the importance and the value of it. And I believe there is a danger in doing something so many times that we just get complacent with it. It no longer has significance. There's been many people that have asked us, why don't you take communion every service? Other churches do. And 
that's just not the way that we operate here at this church. But I think one of the reasons is we want to preserve a reverence and a significance to it, that it's a little bit more special when we actually do it, and it just doesn't become a routine. Now, what exactly are we supposed to remember when taking communion? Go over to 1 Corinthians 11, and we're going to look at verses 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. This is Paul speaking. He said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, a couple things here. Paul said that he received this from the Lord. Paul was not at the Last Supper, when Jesus presented this ordinance to the disciples. He was not there to personally witness it. He got this directly from the Lord. The Lord showed him what took place. And as we read this, you see that it's similar to what is said in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, Paul emphasizes twice a call to remembrance, that we take time to consider to remind ourselves, to remember why we are partaking of this sacred ordinance. Now, there's two elements that are mentioned in communion that we need to consider, the bread and the wine. So let's start with the bread. The bread represents Jesus' body. This is my body, is what Jesus says. He declares, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Now, what I want you to understand is that you are not eating the physical body of Jesus. People say, well, it says, this is my body. Well, Jesus also said, I am the light. But he wasn't a physical light. He is making a reference We're not eating his physical body because if you're eating the body of a human being, that's cannibalism, and the Bible forbids it. So we're not eating the physical body. It is symbolic. God would never tell you to do something that goes against his word. In John 6, 35, Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. So Jesus there refers to himself as bread. We then go down a few verses in John 6, 51, and he says this, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. So the bread represents our Lord. He is, the Bible says here, living bread. Natural bread is earthly, but spiritual bread is heavenly. Natural bread is corruptible, but spiritual bread 
is incorruptible. Natural bread is limited, but spiritual bread is unlimited. Natural bread feeds the body, but spiritual bread feeds the spirit. Now, Jesus doesn't just refer to himself as any bread in communion. He talks about the fact that this is my body, which is broken for you. So this isn't just any bread. This is bread that has been broken. What is Jesus doing when he says that? He is prophesying about something that will take place. He's meeting with his disciples for the last time, and he is about to go to the cross. He is about to endure 39 lashes on his body to be nailed, whipped, beaten, and nailed to a cross. That is the direct picture of a body that is about to be broken. There is a spiritual significance to what happens to his body. Go over to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, and we're going to look at verse 5. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. There was something that was done to Jesus physically that now helps us physically. That word stripes there literally means blows that cut in. When he is whipped, uh, those lashes cut in to his flesh and tore his flesh apart. He had marks on his body as a result of that. And the Bible says that because of those stripes, we are now provided healing for our body. The word heal there means to mend, cure, heal, repair, and make whole. Bodily soundness, healing, health, preservation, salvation, and deliverance. Well, let me say that again because I want you to understand what Jesus went through so that you could receive, you could be healed, to mend. He came to mend you, to cure you, to heal you, to repair you, and make whole. Bodily soundness, healing, health, preservation, salvation, and deliverance. All of that was provided to you on the cross. A lot of times we only think about, oh, our sins got saved, we got forgiven, but he also provided healing for your body. His body was broken so that ours could be repaired. Think about that. His body was broken so that your body could be repaired. What an amazing thing. So when we partake of the bread, it is a call to remember that Jesus paid the price so that we could walk in divine healing. So when we partake of 
communion today, if you have any sickness, any disease upon your body, I want you to receive your healing today. I want you to recognize what Jesus did. I want you to have a call to remember that he paid the price so that you could walk in freedom. Then let's look at the second part, the wine. The wine represents Jesus' blood. In fact, the word wine literally means the blood of grapes. The blood of grapes. So Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Again, you are not physically drinking the blood of Christ. It is forbidden in the New Testament to drink blood. So God would never tell you to do something that goes contrary to his word. Jesus refers to the blood of the new covenant. So if there is a new covenant, there had to be an old covenant. So what is the difference between the two? Well, under the old covenant, animals had to be sacrificed so that blood could be spilled to cover up the sins of the Israelites. So multiple times of the year, you had to bring in blameless animals that had to be sacrificed to cover up your sin. It was a very messy process. Jesus refers to the blood of the new covenant. Why is blood so crucial? Well, go over to Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22. It says, And according to the law, which is Old Testament, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So shedding of blood is a requirement for forgiveness of sins. So in the Old Testament, the only way they could do that is with an animal. But that was a type and shadow of what was coming. That Jesus was the Lamb of God who was slain for one and all. Look at Hebrews 10.4. It says in Hebrews 10.4, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. So even though these sacrifices were being done, they couldn't literally take away the sin. They could only cover it up. But there was one coming who would not just cover up your sin. He would take it. He would remove it from you. And it would no longer hold precedence over your life. Look at 1 John 1, 7. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. His blood completely takes away the sin in our life. I don't know if you've ever gotten something on your clothes, a spot, you spilled something, you used some kind of detergent, and you couldn't get it off. Well, Jesus' blood completely removes the sin from your life. When we partake of the wine, it is a call to remember that Jesus poured out his blood 
so that we could receive eternal life. Now let's look back again at 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six because I want you to see something that I think a lot of people miss when they read this. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So people say, well, how often should you take communion? The Bible does not say how much or how little you should do it. It just says, for as often as you do it, make sure you remember why you're doing it. So again, you don't have to take it every time you come into church. You don't have to take it every day. You can. That's entirely up to you. You determine how often you take it. The Scripture does not dictate it. But remember, there is a call to remember when you partake of it. So every time you partake of communion, you make known what Jesus has provided us on the cross that bodily healing and eternal salvation are available at the communion table of blessing. That we recognize that. We remember what he did for us. Healing and a brand new dimension of life belongs to each and every one of you. Now let's look at one other thing. Go over to 1 Corinthians 11. 27 through 30. So this is a continuation of what Paul began, what we just talked about. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So there is a big caution here about not taking communion in an unworthy manner. That's why some churches preach, unless you're a member of our church, you can't take it or it's unworthy. Well, is that what God was talking about here? How do we partake unworthily? Well, I believe it's not making a call to remember. Actually, the Bible talks about the fact that we don't recognize the significance of what the bread and wine signify. And it goes on to tell us exactly what it means to take unworthily, it says, not discerning the Lord's body. You partake of communion unworthily when you do not discern the Lord's body. So what does that mean? Well, the word discern means to recognize or to distinguish something. To recognize or distinguish something. So if I am not recognizing or distinguishing Distinguishing the significance of the Lord's body, then I am partaking of communion unworthily. I am not making a call to remember. So when we discern the Lord's body, what are we doing? We are remembering that his body was broken so that you could be healed. That he suffered 
pain so that you could be relieved of pain. When you partake of the bread in communion, it's like taking the necessary medicine to cure your body. We'll take natural medicine. Well, not, why not take the spiritual medicine? That we recognize that th- this is my pill here today. Lord, I'm recognizing what you did. I'm applying that to my life. And as a result, by your stripes, I am going to be healed. Now, that is why he says in 1 Corinthians 11.30, he says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For this reason. For what reason? Because you didn't recognize Christ's body was broken to provide your physical healing, because you didn't recognize it, then many are weak, sick, and sleep. That word sick, uh, sleep means die. So people are weak, they are sick, and they die because they miss out on what Jesus provided for them. Healing. I don't want to walk around weak, sick. I don't want to die. I want to recognize that Jesus provided a way for me. So communion is a call to remember that Christ provided bodily healing and eternal salvation. And if we aren't careful, then the bread and the wine can appear plain and ordinary when actually they are elements of God's miraculous glory. 